It's Tuesday the 13th of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. How are you, Shana? I'm good, Timmy, but you are the hardest working man in media. You were at the Brad Fittler medal last night hosting. Yeah, it was a big night at the Star and James Tedesco scooped the pool. Outstanding. And Isabel Kelly won for the Sky Blues. Ooh. A really a really good night. And uh, look, they honoured all the different age groups and the growth of women's rugby league. Yeah, sensational. So well done to all the winners uh, last night at the Brad Fittler medal. Mm. We've got a huge show on the way. Aaron Finch, the question mark now is, who will replace him? It doesn't seem a lot of people have too many answers. Adam Scott says, I'll be back playing in Australia, which is a real boost for the game of golf in this country. And Daniel Ricciardo says no to Mercedes. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Aaron Finch didn't score a lot of runs, but he did a great job captaining Australia uh, through these recent series as well, Shane. Uh, he couldn't get a run in a stocking, and that's meant that, look, his career has come to an abrupt end. <laughs> but who replaces him? This is an interesting question, isn't it? Um, Steve Smith was asked the question. He says, I don't know. Yeah, look, I, mm. I think I've got the answer here. Um, I agree with Steve Smith. I think he's potentially the next guy to retire from one-day cricket, so he's not the answer. Um, Pat Cummins, who is obviously our test captain, um, he they, they pretty much used the one-day internationals, the 50-over format, to give him a bit of a rest from one day, uh, one uh, should say T20 cricket and test cricket. So he's not the answer. The answer, I think, is very, very obvious here, is Dave Warner. And I think Dave Warner would relish the opportunity to be given the opportunity after the lifetime ban to come back to lead this team to the next World Cup. I think he'll score the most runs if they do that, and we will win the 50-over World Cup. I would give it to Dave Warner with the view then to face him out after that and give it to a younger guy, someone like a Cameron Green. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. So they should listen to Shane Lee. Mm. Your advice is uh, on the money, I think. <laughs> now, what about this Spanish teenager, Carlos Alcaraz? We spoke about him yesterday, that he would become the youngest player to win the US Open in a Grand Slam at 19. Uh, they're calling him the next Rafael Nadal. Now he's got one of these big pieces of silverware in his cupboard. He was outstanding. What about the future of this guy? Oh, the world's his oyster. He is the youngest world number one male tennis player also. Huge, huge effort. 19 years of age to beat the Nor- uh, Norwegian Casper um, Ruud, 6-4, Look, he was super tired. He had, um, I think I mentioned yesterday, he had three five setters in a row that went deep into the evenings. Um, and he was really, really tired in the finals match, but very mentally strong. And to get his first victory, he is going to win a lot of silverware, this kid. Yeah, now, as good as he has been winning the title, and of course, Iga Swiatek was brilliant in mm. the women's, and we saw some great tennis over the couple of weeks in New York, didn't we? Nick Kyrgios was outstanding. The good, the bad, the ugly of, of Nick, you know, mm. from an Australian point of view, Isla Tomjanovic. We saw the, the exit of Serena Williams, which was which was sad for, for the world of tennis. She's been such a legend, but I'm... I'm 
saying all these wonderful things that happened, all these Broadway moments, because they didn't impress one lady who decided to sit in the stands and do her knitting, Shane. Fair income. You take If you take your missus to tennis and you've spent $10,000 on the seats and she's there knitting, <laughs> I wouldn't be very impressed. Um, I know that game went on for a long time. That was one of uh, uh, Alcaraz's uh, long five-setters. Um, they went deep in the evening. Well, she just pulled pulled out the wool and the, and the needles and started knitting and, um, yeah, caught the attention of the, of the social media world. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, $10,000 seat she's sitting in, expensive jumper. Oh, yeah, you must have a bit. <laughs> yeah, you must right. have a bit if you're, if you're doing a scarf or a beanie. Uh, yeah. You, you don't see it as much as you used to. Remember in the mm. old days you'd go there somewhere and someone would be knitting or crocheting or something. But anyway, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy. Um, now, what about this soccer match? Australia, um, the men's team are going to play New Zealand on a scheduled day or on scheduled day of morning. Um, there has been a lot of protocol, as you would imagine, around the death of mm. the Queen. And, of course, Australia, uh, like other parts of the world, are going to have a designated public holiday. The funeral is uh, next Monday. Um, what do you think? Um, look, I'm a big, I've always been a big fan of the Queen and the royal family. So um, I, I just think I don't have a problem with this at all. I, I think it's in the evening. I think we'll, we'll have our day off during the day and, and we'll um, all mourn together. And I think the soccer match in the evening is fine. It gives some gives people something to look forward to and something to do. Um, it's a huge uh, couple of games for the um, Socceroos playing the All Whites from New Zealand. Um, the first one being in Brisbane, then the second one in Eden Park. So uh, yeah, I don't have a problem with it, Tim. And uh, from a very positive Australian golf um, perspective, we have seen you know the game of golf wane here over the years, but. It relies on superstars coming out here and the whole idea that um, Cameron Smith is coming and Mark Leishman is coming is brilliant. Now we've got Masters winner Adam Scott confirming that he will be coming to Australia as well. It really just does add to it, doesn't it? It it makes people go and watch. It makes people watch on television. You just need your stars. Yeah, so whatever you think about the LIV, uh, what it's done it appears anyway that it's um, it's getting some superstars back to Australian golf and PGA out here. Um, not only Adam Scott's coming out, Cameron Davis as well will return, you know, along with Cam Smith and Leishman. Um, it's a very, very good Australian contingent. Um, and it'd be fantastic for the lovers of golf in this country to see these guys walking around on home soil. Oh, absolutely. As a... As a, an absolute fan myself, a pedestrian um, B-grade marker mm. myself as a, as, as a golfer to watch these guys do their thing and to do it uh, in front of home crowds is absolutely spectacular. Coming up, we're going to get Shane's predictions on these two big AFL matches. All the latest NRL plus plenty more. Afternoon Sport. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts like Strive Stronger with Andrew May. Listen in as Andrew May explores the latest in human performance with an all-star cast of subject matter experts. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. All right, Shane, I know we're early in the week, but I want to get your view. Yes. It's sold out at the SCG. It's going to be absolutely heaving against Collingwood. They did the job a few weeks ago. Will they do it this weekend? You hope so. I hope so. It's going to be close, Tim. I think I think the Swans will get there. Um, having that week off and to freshen up, I think it's a good thing. I think us playing on our home ground is a massive advantage. But I, I said this last week, Collingwood are, have a hard edge to them. 
Uh, Dugowie is is in really good form. That concerns me. I think it'll be only one or two goals that, that'll separate it. And I hope the Swans come out on top here. Yeah, that'll be close. It will be close, yep. Jordan, to go after. And yep. you mentioned this yesterday, after all these dramas, he has mm. been outstanding. But let's hope against Hopus, fellow Swan supporters, that they make their <laughs> way to the big flag uh, a week later. Now, what about this other game? It looks on paper that Geelong will just waltz through. They've been pretty much the class act of the competition all year. They've got that silky mix of experience and youth. But Brisbane, they're like that sort of a little rock that get un- gets under your fingernail. They're, 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 they're not an easy team to beat. No, like a bit of chewing gum on your shoe, Tim. Um, mm. But I, I think I think the class will show through here and the consistency that Geelong have put together this season. I think Geelong will win by four goals. There okay, you, go. you reckon they'll do the job. So yep. uh, fingers crossed, a Geelong Swans grand final. Now, Cameron Smith, of course, Storm legend, has come out and said that Cameron Munster's only got another year in Melbourne, then he's off to the Dolphins. Look, I think this makes sense probably, doesn't it? He's a Queenslander, Cameron Munster, uh, Wayne Bennett. um, Yeah. Absolutely makes sense. And Cam Smith is right. If he was going to stay at Melbourne, he would have signed by now. Um, I think what he was sort of waiting for, I think if if Melbourne went on to, say, win the premiership this year, which they can't now, um, that's the sort of thing that holds players together, uh, premierships. and there's sort of issues in around how long will Craig Bellamy go on for. That was another issue, I think, for Cameron Smith. Oh, I think dead right. As soon as he's off contract at the end of next year, he'll make his way up to Dolphins, up to Queensland, um, to be with Wayne Bennett. And he'll be on a million plus a year. His family will have a, an amazing lifestyle up there. And um, I think it's a, a really good way for him to spend, you know, the next sort of five or six years playing footy. Yeah, it's, it's a bit... It's, it, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, and the Wayne Bennett factor, we've mentioned yep. it before as well. Uh, he's an ex-factor. He'll probably only coach for a couple of years. He's getting to that yeah. point where I'm sure he wants to put his slippers on and walk out of it because he's been <laughs> doing it for such a long time and he's in his early 70s. But until that point, he's going to be a very attractive proposition for players uh, with the Redcliffe Dolphins. Now, Tom Burgess, he looks like he's going to be missing a few weeks. He deserves to miss a few weeks. In my view, as I said, he shouldn't have stayed on the field when Tedesco... Um, was ruled out. And I think that's something they really need to look at. If if someone gets knocked out, you knock them out, you get penalised, you stay off. But Burgess is going to be missing for the next couple of weeks. He'll be a big loss because he's an enforcer. Yeah, early plea is two games. And if he um, uh, fights the charges and and loses, there'll be three games. So I'll just say he'll take an early plea. Um, That'll be the end of the season of him. I don't think Souths are going to make it that far. Um, and Jared Rahir Hargraves, well, he's got three-week early plea uh, for if challenged and loses. So he's going to miss a big chunk of next season, which is a real issue for him because whilst he had a good season, um, he's coming, he's in the twilight of his career. It might be a real issue for him moving forward. Yeah, and I think that you know, him, Victor Radley, and they're not just, not not just. Roosters players, players from every competition mm. over the summer need to look in the room of mirrors and, and work out uh, the cost of yeah. their indiscretions because it does hurt, it really does. Now, Daniel Ricciardo, Formula One, he has said no to Mercedes. Uh, not a lot of people do that. No, but they're sort of um, insinuating that he, as a reserve driver, all he'll end up doing is hosting the post-race yeah. show. Okay. 
So mm. yeah, he sort of said, well, if that's the case, there's no way in the world he's going to go to Mercedes. It's um, it's a bit of a sort of a profile gig for him as opposed to look, he still wants to be on the uh, on the grid. Do you reckon they take a couple of you know larger, stronger guys like you and I that to to do the post match show? <laughs> I reckon it'd pay well. Only to lift the tyres, I reckon, Timmy. <laughs> put the put the bricks out when they put they change the tyres. That's about it. Oh, uh, put the put the toothpicks in the cocktail, Frankfurt. Um, what about uh, what about this Lamar Jackson uh, in the NFL? He's turned down an astronomical contract. Look, they're lotto numbers, aren't they? Like four hundred and thirty million. It's um, unbelievable. So he's turned down. The bit I like about this story about Lamar Jackson, he is actually representing himself. He doesn't have an agent, so he's cruising in there with his his gold earrings in and sitting down with the with the Ravens, and he's turned down a five year extension worth four hundred twenty two million, and two hundred seventy six million of that's guaranteed. And he said, "Nah, not good enough. I'm going to back myself." So he's going to play another season. He's go, he's going to want to hope he doesn't get injured because that that number will be in half if he does. Um, yeah, he's he's this guy's. I don't know whether he's crazy or he's just an absolute genius or he's just so confident in his own abilities. But to turn down that sort of number, like how much more do you want? I don't get it. I oh, know. You wouldn't be wondering about what cut of meat you get at the butchers, no, would you? Yes, no. <laughs> like it's just phenomenal. <laughs> no slow cooking here. Yeah, now, Shane, you had, a, you had a, a great career playing cricket. You won titles at grade level, at state level. You were part of World Cups. Did you ever decide to go and get some ink? Uh, to, to to mark your win at Oak Flats or anywhere else? Funnily enough, mate, no. I, I don't have any tattoos. Um, I, I saw Michael Slater, the famous tattoo that he got when he thought it was um, in batting order. Uh, he was number 352. Brennan Julian also debuted in the same match. Um, and, it, <laughs> and it went on uh, alphabetical order. So uh, he got the wrong tattoo number. But the funny one for me, there was a guy who, I can't remember his name now, but he was the um, the boss at the RTA. The RTA was New South Wales cricket sponsor, the Speed Blitz Blues. Mm. And he said to us, if we won the double this particular year, I think it was 95, 96, he would get the RTA Speed Blitz tattoo. Anyway, we, 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 we won the double and he's got the Speed Blitz Blue logo oh. on his leg. Oh. So he's walking around. It'd be a tough one to explain to your kids, wouldn't it? What's that about? Yeah, I was, I was the marketing manager. I'll tell you one thing, he's the only bloke who's got it. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our wonderful sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. They're only a phone call away, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. And our great producer, Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.